Hello and welcome to another episode of CryptoCast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Rob Gaskell, who is a partner at Appalt, which is an emerging technology, advisory and investment company. Hi Rob, pleasure to have you on. Hi James, yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me to this podcast. It's, uh, it's a great initiative, well done. Thank you very much. Um, so just to jump straight in, you talk about advising emerging businesses, but what, in your view, are usually the key things an emerging business should focus on when, when trying to expand its business? Sure. So my experience has been, um, you know, working with startups and working with uh, existing businesses and getting them to grow. So I've had some experience in this and I'd like to share some of that. Obviously, one of the things that I think is really important is you focus on, uh, you know, your clients. Uh, and be prepared to adapt um, to any critical feedback. I very often see companies getting feedback from their clients and then not, not adopting that feedback. So be prepared to really focus on listening to your clients because your clients are the ones that will generate your revenue uh, at the end of the day. And uh, the earlier you start listening to the clients, the more gen revenue you will generate further down the line. I think there's a uh, other and other other things that I see are making sure and successful projects I've seen they have strong partnerships in place and they're flexible with their market. You know those are really important things and not just being an isolated technology that they assume is going to get a market into market very quickly and easily, but focus on building partnerships. Don't reinvent the wheel if the wheel is already set. This is another uh, thing that I see in technology as well, thinking that they have to build things that they could effectively outsource or partner with companies. Be, be prepared to partner to get your product, your technology to market as quickly as possible. And then you get the feedback and then you can develop it and grow a strong um, technology into that market with a strong marketing and brand that will get it to further and further um, into generating more and more revenue. This is this is all your focus. And and I think one of the other things as well is that uh, you know that if you do get into trouble or you do find it hard getting into a market, be quick. And this is an, I see this term used quite a bit uh, by VCs and so on. Pivoting. But be quick to do that. Be quick to look at a way of either getting into a different market if you're finding it hard with the existing market, or be very quick to adapt as again to client feedback or anything like that. So that would mean that you basically change your product. So not a complete pivot and shift to a different technology, but just adapt and change to the, to the market. Because one of the things that you will see with all companies that are in this space is that they will have to uh, address their markets as they change. And we've seen that with COVID-19 and the lockdown. Many companies have had to uh, change the way they interact with their clients and, and produce new products, and new services to react to this new way of working. Essentially, you, you, you keep going back to this core concept of feedback. Is that something you see as a formalized process? I mean, you, know, you, you get the bit where you, every time you go you go to an event, someone sends you a feedback form. Are you talking about that kind of feedback or are you talking about something a bit more general in terms of how people should be doing that? 
feedback can come in all kinds of different ways. It can it can come through your support system. So if you have a if you have a, an app or you have a technology or a physical technology or or a software based technology or anything um, that you're putting into a market, you can get feedback in very different many different ways. Um, one of the things I like is with projects is they build a community of supporters before they actually launch that project. Well, you can get feedback as you are, you know, you can leak into the market what the product's going to look like, and then you can get feedback directly coming from that community who are, can be very vocal. And and then you, when you actually do launch, you have something that really fits that market, you know, really well. And they like it, and then they'll tell their friends, and then it becomes a, a successful product. So it's really important you keep getting that feedback and you build a good community of people that are willing to give you that constructive feedback. If it's more of a B2B product, because I was talking more there about B2C, but if you're going to, to businesses, businesses will be much more direct about giving feedback and because it, they need a product that works for them and that your, your end clients and uh, the feedback will come very quickly from them. So it, in, in, it's in all in different ways, but uh, you can structure it. And I would suggest that all companies and all organizations think about a structured feedback method to make sure their product fits the market that they're going for. That, 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 I think one of the interesting things is um, we're, we're talking about partners and, and the like. I'm aware that Apple recently um, joined the London Partners Business Growth Programme. Yes. Are those programs the sorts of places where you think you get feedback? And I was also curious more broadly as to, given the number of incubators and programs out there, what in your view differentiates a good one from a bad one? Uh, and, and what sort of things should you look for if you're looking at these sorts of programs? Well, I think the important thing is they all of these programs have mentors, have, have you know, this concept of, of people in those organisations that will help businesses grow. That's really what they're all about. And the people in those organisations, of course, have got a lot of experience of taking products to market, or maybe finding investors, or maybe or, or uh, introducing clients, and ultimately revenue, because everything is all about revenue sustainability and profit coming from revenue. So mentors within these programs will help you uh, get there. Uh, and what I would do is if you're thinking about, if, if, you're, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about a new venture or you're even in an existing company and you want to get into a market with your technology, some of these programs can be very good. There's a lot of support from the government's programs like London and Partners is sponsored by the uh, mayor's office and the EU, and the other other programs from within the actual from government and from um, organisations outside, and then you have commercial uh, accelerators, incubators, incubators and growth programs. And what they do then is they might take a bit of equity in your company, but then there's other opportunities for looking at um, you know, grants or other forms of finance that don't involve giving away too much equity at the start. Again, I've, I've always advise companies not to tr not to give away too much equity at the start of their of their journey. Um, look at ways to find other ways of forms of finance. Um, I'm sorry, we're moving on to finance here, but, um, but that is some of the support that some of these incubators give, mm -hmm. accelerators give, uh, and and trying to find a good one. Just to finalise that question, the good ones. 
and the, uh, it really depends on what you what type of company you are and I'm not going to name a very good or bad <laughs> incubator or accelerator commercial one but one thing you can do is speak to the companies that have been through them you can mm. find out on the, all of the accelerators and all of the incubators websites and even on London and Partners websites which companies have have gone through those programs and speak to them. It's very easy to connect to people on LinkedIn. It's very easy to people to find people and target people through your network and to say, look, I want to speak to you about this. You were on this, you were at this accelerator. I want to find out your experience. What did you find? What was the benefit to you? And then and then obviously then you can research it. By researching it, you will find the fit that is perfect for you. Because it there are obviously lots of different flavors and lots of different types of uh, types of these programs that help you with growth. Uh, but you need to be ready for it as well. I, th I see projects sometimes going to these accelerators that aren't ready for an accelerator. So you have to be you have to be ready for the accelerator and get the most out of it because you're going to get access to some amazing people that are normally either employed or giving up their time um, to help these companies grow. So you've got to make sure you can get the most out of it. And that, that, that's very interesting. I think it's always, fit's always an interesting. I think, as you, you hinted at before, I think the other part of this is, of course, getting cash and getting investment. And one of the things you see is you see, there, there are lots of incubators, but there are also lots of projects looking to, to raise money and have cash in the door. Mm. Do you have any general advice for an emerging firm looking to attract investment? And do you think that your advice changes depending on the stage of the company? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, the state of the company defines um, all kinds of rules in the investment game, and uh, it is a game. It's a game. It's like like a game of chess, isn't it? Um, mm. you know, you're out there, you know, playing and uh, playing with different pieces on the board, trying to get it all to an end game where you you effectively take take down the king and you get the money coming into uh, into your company, and you go through a whole strategy to get there. It's very very few companies are able to just sort of immediately jump into the market and get investment all the way through this life. Uh, very tough, very, very hard to do. But it really depends, as, as I said, on what type of business, um, you know, the, you know, the, the business, what type of business it is, because one, one bit of common advice I would give for all types of companies is always present, you know, a great team. And I'm not keen when I see, when I'm looking at investing and I'm looking at investments for companies, I'm not keen really on seeing a lot of advisors. I know a lot of companies out there, especially in the in this emerging technology space, think that they need to put on a lot of advisors onto their websites, onto their marketing material and their investment decks. Um, if you put a huge amount of advisors and uh, you know, that doesn't mean that they're actually going to do anything on the project. It doesn't mean they're actually going to execute on the project. So it's really the people who are going to execute on the project that investors will concentrate on. And uh, that has to be a good team. If you have a good team, that's a common thing that investors look for. And then you go to the different sectors. Like if you have a B2C product, it's very different from a B2B product. You know, if you're going out to retail market, a B2C product, I always again advise that you should show a plan, a full investment plan to series A, which is where you get VC investment. And with expansion, and I was talking to some VCs about this recently and to some large scale investors that actually invest in VCs. So the underlying, what are called LPs that are going into the, uh, into the funds, uh, 
that um, you know invest in projects and invest in ventures and they said and they told me that the they really don't like projects that don't show a clear path to a big market like the US market or an equivalent market show that plan even at the very early stage show that plan of expansion and doing that through VC investment typically at series A time beyond the seed stage B2B is very different B2B businesses you know work hard on their on their first supporting clients so this is where you would sign up so again good team some advisors but not lots and then I would advise make sure as as fast as you can get some first customers signed up even if it's just a, an MOU you know these different uh, terminologies of the uh, memorandum of understanding which is a effectively a promise to start using the product uh, if it meets certain criteria if you have those all signed up then uh, the investors will know that you've got a, a client base and I know that's hard a lot of people listening to this are saying well that's ridiculous how can I I'm starting out on a project but how can I get people to sign up a big a big client to sign up but actually be focused on that really from the start be focused if you're going to get investment you need to show your market you need to show you've got customers and clients in your market and if you're not going to do that um, and just going to go out there and just build, start building the technology uh, investors are going to be skeptical you have the possibility of getting a, a client so make sure you you do everything you can to some way sign up the usage of your technology the final thing is that I would look at as well as exit strategies people don't talk talk about this much in venture world and uh, but I like to see that the founders of a team if you're going to invest in them have thought about you know what is the what is the strategy that effectively will allow my investment to meet to make a return on my investment and that really comes with uh, different types of ideas around exit strategy no it's interesting because one of the things i'm always keen on, on look and feel i mean it, it's funny how you'll, you'll see a company and they corner themselves seems like data gandalf or something which <laughs> might look quite funny if you're if you don't really care but when you get larger people looking at it they go well I'm working with someone who calls himself Gandalf is that someone I want to really be working with and I think one of the the interesting points is a lot of these new technologies are looking at an existing industry and they're trying to disrupt it or, or adapt it mm -hmm. and one of the things I'm seeing in that is you know, the two ways doing you either go direct to market yourself or you partner up with an existing player and enter in some form of outsourcing arrangement and the like, where, whereby they'll help you gain access to that all-important client base you, you, you mentioned. Um, I was wondering, do, do you, what do you see as the most common mistakes? Because presumably you have the existing players, you have the new kids on the block. Are there kind of typical mistakes the new kids tend to make, which you think could easily be avoided and, and would help them do better when, when attacking the existing industry? I think what I certainly with the blockchain projects and when the, these projects are seen as some of them are seen as by the founders as disruptive technologies. Mm. The one thing that I was I saw and I still see now uh, is with some of these projects they're going to their aim is to kind of disrupt without engaging with the industry they're disrupting. <laughs> they, they, they need to engage with the industry and that's mistakes that, that people make. 
uh, engage with them and look at ways that, that again how the product can get into the market you know mm. fully disrupting an industry yes you should focus totally focus on something that is easier cheaper and faster to use you know these are the sort of terminologies that you think about when you think about a technology that can uh, disrupt but think about how you engage with the market that you're going to disrupt and don't be frightened to get in there and, and, and speak to the companies, the incumbent companies, because again, they could potentially be your end clients at the end of the day and helping you disrupt that industry. Mm. Uh, Rob, that's been absolutely fascinating. In fact, that's all we've got time for. If anyone's got any questions for Rob, his email address is rob at appold, that's A-P-P-O-L-D dot com. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and fascinating. Thank you so much, James, and uh, all the best.